All right, we're here with former UAB head coach Bill Clark today. Coach Clark, thank you very much for taking some time. It's a tremendous honor. Glad to be here. Coach, so the first thing I want to ask you about, you've obviously had a little bit of a roller coaster of a coaching career. You were a former player. Talk to me a little bit about the transition from playing to coaching. Yeah, so, you know, I tell a lot of times the maybe different from from a lot of guys maybe similar to some obviously is that I was a, a coach's son so um probably as, as early as I can remember I knew I wanted to coach you know I wanted to be in that world um you know I was one of the guys that that loved every bit of, of playing and uh you know obviously wanted to to play at the next level never really saw myself as a guy that would play in the NFL um so I'd, I already you know just from starting out I knew I wanted to be in coaching so that was something I looked forward to you know my playing career in college got cut short by my back injury which you know kind of came to fruition about a year ago uh finally uh but you know it was a chance to get started coaching which is what you know that was my dreams growing up so obviously your first head coaching job very well documented unbelievably successful tenure at Prattville back-to-back state titles in 06 and 07 I take me through that eight-year ride at Prattville and how it got your head coaching career started. Yeah, so in fact, it was nine seasons, um, you know, but I think that was a story of probably all my past history um, led to that. You know, the fact that I was a coach's son, maybe even getting injured, um, you know, I started coaching early. And so having gone to some some tough places, having gone to a bunch of schools, you know, I was at Asheville, I was at Piedmont, I was at Tuscaloosa County, I was at Coffee County, Georgia, I was at Dothan, um, even Hoover for a spring, you know, for a, about a month or so. All those led up to probably me gaining the experience that I really needed at Prattville. And, you know, I had gone to Prattville early in my career. I was at Tuscaloosa County, this is like 92, and was scouting Selma. Uh, on a Friday night, we had opened up on a Thursday night and I really had not seen Prattville. And I think to see that one school community, even though it was a big school, to see that um, kind of like what I had grown up in, the Ohatchies and the Piedmonts and the, you know, the whole town turning out, but it was at the big school level. That's what I wanted. And, you know, when I got to Prattville, it was rough. I mean, it was, it was June and uh, they were down to about 18 players and, um, you know, it was a county school, so there wasn't a lot of money. But I think all those things together, there was a hunger to do something different. And I think there was a need there to, um, you know, like, what is our exact colors? What is our, where's our, you know, do we have a logo? Do we, you know, we didn't have any of those things. So I got to kind of set those standards and I was the AD. Um, so I think that just from the start of that to the end, when we were the number two team in the nation and, um, you know, two state titles and all that good stuff really was a combination of all of those things getting to come together in just a fun time. So, of course, from Prattville, you moved to my neck of the woods in South Alabama. What's the transition from high school to college football like? Yeah, interesting. You know, that was something that I kind of had had some opportunities um, from different places, but I really felt like there was unfinished business at Prattville. And, um, I had gotten a call, in fact, from Kevin Steele, who thought he was going to take the job. And we had talked about me going to be the defensive coordinator. And it just, you know, job didn't happen. He didn't take it. And then somebody else and somebody else. And then Joey Jones gets it. And so Joey and I had known each other for a long time, got to go in there together. And we really to get to start it from scratch. You know, so how many times does a program get to start from nothing and you get to be part of that? 
Uh, and I think all my experiences, you know, beforehand of starting programs and was, was important. But the thing for us, we were more college at Proudville than we were at South, you know, <laughs> you know, we had 130, 10 through 12 players. We had a 90 freshmen, you know, we, we were playing on the biggest stage, you know, and then here we are kind of almost going back to ground zero at South Alabama and trying to get to that, that level. Now, of course, by the end, we're the fastest team to ever go to FBS. So it was a great experience, great time. You know, I lived in Spanish Fork, getting to coach in Mobile down on the coast, you know, just kids were happy. Um, really just a great experience, which set me up, you know, for my next job. So it's a good transition there. Obviously, you you spend a year at Jacksonville State, but then you end up at UAB. You coach there for a year, have a 500 season, and then in kind of unprecedented unprecedented fashion, the program is shut down. I mean, what is what is going through your mind at that time? How I guess much of an advance notice, if that makes sense, did you guys have that that could be something that was going to happen? And what was your level of optimism that? the football program would have actually able to return. Yeah. I mean, I always say all this will be in the movie someday because there's so much to it, but you know, I had left my alma mater where I was happy. Uh, I knew there was a need at UAB, obviously being a long time high school coach and from the state knowing how great Birmingham is and, you know, had had some players that played there that had a good experience, um, knew Watson Brown, but knew they had not made the commitment to facilities. So when that started, I was, I really was not even entertaining it when they called me. Had had the great year at Jack State. We had everybody coming back. Um, I was at my alma mater and happy. And then to take the job and really start to turn it, you know. Um, now, the facilities, I don't know if, what would have ever happened with that. We would probably ended up getting something done. So, I always say the worst thing that ever happened, you know, they shut it down, um, turned into the best. Um, but, boy, there was no – there was no roadmap for it. You know, I mean, you hear some, some grumblings and rumblings before about politics and all that, but then you get in the middle of it and they actually shut it down, which just, you know, I mean, how many times has that ever happened to an FBS program? Maybe one, one other time. So, and then when it's shut down, it's really shut down. This was not a maybe, I mean, it was really done. Uh, and then the people start fighting. And I think that's where this story is so great is that the, the fans, the alumni, just wouldn't let it die. And, you know, I always tell the story. It was kind of, hey, some guys in town said, we'll get involved if you stay. And I said, all right, I'll stay if we do it correctly. And so, you know, there was really – I would have said there was almost no hope to – it starts picking until we got a chance. And and then, of course, the raising money, the building facilities, the, the getting players, all the miracles, as I say, really, you know, is a great story. So you brought up – the state of things at Prattville when you took over the job. And then it's almost kind of similar to probably the state of things at UAB when the program does return. I mean, you see, you seem to have a track record here of getting things back on track pretty quickly. I mean, how that season you guys had in 2017, you're able to go to a bowl game, have a winning record. How, how, what is it about your coaching philosophy, you think? And I, I know you're going to put it on the players that most most coaches would, but I mean, what is it about that you were able to get things back on track so quickly? I mean, it's, it's one of the more improbable seasons, really, in the history of college football. It, it's so fascinating to look at. You know, probably the fact that I'd had to fight, you know, to do – 
so many things. Yeah, that's why I always say the injury, um, starting coach early, you know, due to an injury, the being at small schools, um, all the things that you learn as a high school coach, you know, you have to get involved in the community. You have to raise money. You do fundraisers. You, you get everybody involved. You, you know, I think those were the things at Proutville that I had to do. Those were even the things at South. Um, but then at UAB, it was really, you, it was, you were in sales. I mean, I was selling a program. I was selling a vision, uh, as much as anything. And then, and then you got to surround yourself. And that's why I always say it's a we thing because, I was able to surround myself with people who were like-minded, um, who didn't mind working, who, who had vision. And, um, I think that's probably if I'm good at something, it's getting really good people around me and, and getting them to believe in what we were doing. And I think that's, you know, that first year back was a miracle. I mean, it was, we were picked 130 out of 130 teams, uh, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, then we won eight and went to a bowl game and just, you know, it set the the stage for everything else we were able to do. See, I had a feeling it was going to be a response along the lines of uh, of the people around me there, and you know, it, it, it's just nice to hear. But let's fast forward a few years. The final game at UAB, you get the bowl win in the Independence Bowl over BYU. Now, was retirement something you kind of knew was coming? How difficult was that decision for you? And then after that, like. At this point in 2023, could you ever see yourself trying to get back into the coaching world again? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I had had this, my back, you know, I had a surgery in 97. It did okay. And then at 13, it really started bothering me. In fact, I was with, I went to the Jack State game the other day and a guy said, hey, every time I saw you, you were stretching or you were, I said, yeah, that was where I was really from 13 till I, till I had the back surgery. But it really had kind of gotten bad that year. Um now, there was a lot of things, I think, probably cumulatively the fight. Um, probably not, it seemed like every program I had was such a you had to, you know, you had to put your heart and soul into everything. And, you know, maybe I had expended so much energy uh, to do that. It was a factor. Um, but I think really as that season went on, I kind of figured out, you know, I'm really not just tired, but I'm hurting. And so, you know, that spring I go see a um a neurologist and he's like you know coach this is 100 fusion and and then i start doing the study on what that downtime's like and can i really recover and everybody i talked to said if you don't rest you're going to be right back here and one after another after another till it finally it's like this is this is the decision i've got to make for my health and i was tired i'll be honest with you i was tired and um so it probably just all came together um at the same time and then to be on the other side of that and actually feel good for the first real time and as long as I can remember, um, you know, I'm glad I did it. Is there any world you could see yourself trying to coach again? You know, I always say I don't want to say never. Um, you know, I, I didn't know how happy I would be. You know, how would I handle it? You know, I'm trying to stay busy with a bunch of projects um, and staying around the game that I love and, and being involved. But there's things I miss. There's no doubt. I had lunch with one of my players two days ago, and, and that's what I miss. You know, so I miss the players. I miss the coaches. I miss the competitiveness. I don't miss 5 a.m. till 10 p.m., you know, about 355 days a year or whatever. But but you do miss that because it's such a, you know, it's such a family, and especially when you can make a difference. So. I don't want to say never. I don't. I don't have anything in mind right now. But uh, I won't. I don't want to say never. Talk about the state of college football in our home state here. Obviously, the big hiring of the offseason was Hugh Freeze 
to Auburn. What did you think of that? Can he get Auburn back on track to competing for SEC and national championships? Yeah, I really think he can. You know, I think Hughes a, a guy that when he's he's got a he's got a track record of kind of doing the same thing. You know, from being a high school coach to um, college coach to Ole Miss. And, you know, I think he, what he did, he went kind of reinvented himself at Liberty and did a good job there. But I think the big thing is synergy. Um, you know, the question I always ask is, is everybody in together, you know, and from everything I've heard from the president down, it sounds like everybody's bought in and working together. And that's what it takes. I mean, because you're, you've got to compare yourself to what other people are doing. And if other people have that, if they have that synergy, even if you're a good coach and you don't have it, uh, it's hard. And from everything I'm hearing, um, he's got that, they've got that. So I think he's got an awfully good chance. Auburn's a special place. And, um, you know, I think there's no doubt they'll, they'll have a chance to be right, you know, right back there in it. So I should have given the date at the start of this interview, but it's September 7th here. We got perhaps the biggest non-conference game in Bryant-Denny Stadium history coming up uh and i i should ask you this coach you're you're a you're born and raised in alabama man are you are you uh and i know you're a uab blazer but are you a roll tide or a war eagle man i know that sounds crazy but i'm not either i am oh you gotta be one no you don't not when you're a football coach people don't understand that you know it's it's um i mean i think you may have that but i mean i went to jack state and i think quickly you just become you just become a guy in the middle. I mean, you really do, especially as you've got high school players that go to both places. And then when I became a college coach, it would be funny. I would go somewhere and somebody would say, are you Alabama or Auburn? I said, man, I'm UAB. And uh, I said, that's – you're not either one of those teams. So, now, I do pull for people I like, and I will tell you that 100%. So, if there's a coach at a place that I like, I respect, I'm going to pull for them. And I'll say this, there's probably a few I pull against. But um, – no, I'm I'm not either one. I really not. But yeah, they're in state, and I'm gonna pull for I pull for everybody in our state. I really do. I'll have to save the uh, the pull against for off the record because I'm certainly curious on on that one. But again, so we got a big game at Bryant Denny, Alabama against Texas. Uh, what are you thinking about this Alabama dynasty? Is the sun setting? Is Nick Saban on? The back, I was going to say back nine, but more accurate question would be, you know, the back four or five, really. Uh, you know, what what are you thinking on the state, I guess, of Alabama football right now? Yeah, I mean, once again, this is a conversation we could have where we're talking about portal and NIL and what that's done to college football and, you know, where all where everybody's at. But I think, you know, when you talk synergy, and that's what they've had, they've had a great, great coach but they've had everybody on the same page. And now it starts with a coach, you know, um, but you've got to have people that are willing to give that guy the authority to do what he needs. And that's what he's had. I think as long as he wants to be that guy, you know, and that's, that's what we're talking about. The hours, the commitment, the, um, the things that go with that, I think it, it can stay that way. But I mean, age is something you can't, you know, we just can't fight. I mean, it's coming. So there's going to come a time when it's just, too much and um you just don't know when that time is for them but i everything you see they're still there i mean i think it's going to kind of ebb and flow obviously what georgia's done is unbelievable um so there's going to be other teams that start maybe taking your ideas and and um and taking them to fruition but i'm you know they're still 
he's still in charge. I don't see them changing much. So I think they're going to be right there uh, as long as he has the want to and the energy to do it. Now, he's the only one that can answer that. Now, do they win on Saturday against Texas? I think they do. I mean, I think they do from what I – you know, now Texas probably didn't show anything in the first game. Um, and then I just think being at home is an advantage. I don't think it's everything, but I do think it's an advantage. Um, you know, Coach Sarkeesian came and spoke at my clinic. I had this this uh, past February and, and no doubt does a great job. He was in that system. He gets it. Um, and maybe they probably should have won that game last year, to be honest, you know. Um, but I think being at home and um, – I don't know. I just, I think, I, you know, I'd go with Alabama. Well, you brought it up. Let's talk about NIL, transfer portal, the current state of college football, as it were. I'm curious how you would handle it now if you were still coaching. You know, the, probably a perfect example involving UAB from the offseason was Jalen Key. He had an interception in the first game against uh, MTSU for Alabama. Uh, we'll see if he, he did get an injury. We'll see if he plays this week against Texas. But, you know, it's a good example of, you know, a big guy taken from a little guy just because, well, we're in a transfer portal NIL era and you can. Uh, so I'm just curious if you were still coaching UAB or even somewhere else, how you would handle something like that. I mean, it's hard. It is. Um, I, and I, and I think if you went back and I don't know what the disparity in numbers, but I just saw more super high score, you know, you're talking about 70s to zeros. And, you know, it seems like there was more of those because what's going to happen, the the Jalen Keys of the world, you're going to start losing more and more of those guys who are a guy that was maybe happy where he was at or it was a guy you developed, which is where Key is, a guy that's been developed. And he's happy where he's at and, and he's a really good player. And now you start losing them. You know, you get the best player off in Arkansas State. You get the best player off of UAB or one of the best – and so their level goes down and these guys goes up. And, you know, let's just look at Duke the other day. I mean, I think if you looked – now I know they, they showed a stat about the number of four and five stars Clemson had and Duke had, but Duke's raised their level. And I think, you know, everybody in those leagues has access to a lot of money, you know. So they may not have everything Alabama's got, but they, all the, everybody in the SEC has got a lot of money. And and it talks. And, I mean, and what do you say as a guy that cares about these kids and, and he's got a chance to go make X amount of money? I mean, you can't – you couldn't justify him not doing it. Um, yet, I mean, for me, what I'm doing was always team and family and how we treat you and, and you know, you're fighting – you know, we're playing for each other. I think that was what always won out for us. But now it's just – it seems like there's so much money out there. It's going to be – it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder and harder on the have-nots, so to speak, and, and the haves are going to get more. So their bottom is going to raise, and I think those guys are going to go down. It's just going to happen that way. Keeping it on the current state of college football, I suppose, this is the last question I have for you today, Coach. I'll keep it simple. Is Georgia going to three-peat? It, it would, you know, it, you would feel like they've got a chance, a great chance. One, their schedule is not super hard. Um, I think Kirby's done a great job. I always said Georgia, and I think people figured this out, but a lot of us said this for years. When you're a one school state, basically, no offense to Georgia Tech, um, but and and you're a and you're a bigger state. I mean, you're a state that's got great high school football. I don't know what their de demographics are, but probably twice as big as Alabama. So you got more people. You're the state institution. You've got a guy that gets it in Kirby. 
you know, he's, he's been taught well. He knows what it looks like. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick against them right now because I know what a good job he does. I know, you know, the people they've got now. When it comes down to a one game, you know, one game, we'll see. You know, like I said, Alabama's not going to be far and USC. And so, you know, anytime in a game, anything can happen. But they're, it's going to be hard to pick against those guys right now. I do have one quick follow-up to that, just curious on your perspective as a coach, because you brought up the schedule for Georgia. Does – because I think we can all assume that Georgia's probably going to steamroll their way to a 12-0 record. Does not playing a challenging opponent for – you know, put yourself in Kirby Smart shoes – does that kind of uh, affect you negatively, let's say, headed into an SEC championship matchup against an Alabama or whoever comes out of the West and then ultimately into the college football play? Like, if you don't get challenged, really, the entire regular season, and then all of a sudden, you know, the game really counts for something. And if Georgia goes 12-0 and in the regular season, they're probably guaranteed a spot in the playoff, even if they do lose the SEC championship, but... You know, I, I'm just curious your perspective on that. It let's say no one gives them a real game the entire season. I mean, would, from a coaching perspective, would you be worried that all right, like they haven't really been tested all year? That's going to affect them negatively down the line. Well, you you what, the Tennessee game will be a question. You know, can Tennessee challenge them? Neyland Stadium, you know, from having personally played there, it's it is a challenge. Um, so I think that part of it maybe that's the game that gives them what you want. Cause you do, that's what you want as a coach. You want the, I mean, your, your druthers would be, you play a really tough opponent. Um, it's really hard, hostile environment, and you find a way to win. And that takes you to that game you're talking about. So to me, that's going to be the question for them. Can they do that? Now they're going to try and practice hard. They're going to try and do all those things, but you need that challenge um, you really do because you're, you know, when you do get challenged, you need to be able to have said, Hey, we've been in adversity before and, and we handled it. Coach, this has been phenomenal. I really appreciate your time. Enjoyed it. Good questions.